G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. I was in my car and I parked in front of a, a garbage bin and the garbage truck came along and he was very upset with me so uh, he made that known and I thought I have to apologise to him. I, I, I just had to. It overcame me this obsession or, or this um, compulsion that I had to apologise. So I chased him in my car and cut him off, which certainly surprised him and afterwards I thought now this was not normal behaviour. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, her kindergarten report card read, Jennifer shows an outstanding talent for drawing and painting. However, even though her talent was recognised, her extreme lack of confidence, OCD and perfectionism always held her back. That is, until recently. What has brought about this breakthrough and what kind of art is she now creating? We'll find out as Jenny Nichols has a chat and shares her story with Eric Scatterbone. Jenny Nichols, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, so here your teachers were seeing that you're good at art, but you didn't really pursue that. What happened in your childhood? Help us understand. Okay, well, um, my childhood, even though I thought it was normal, it was actually not normal at all. My father was a violent man. He was both physically and verbally abusive. My mother was an alcoholic and um, I uh, also feel my older sister was an academic and she showed quite a lot of um, promise in that area, whereas I was creative and artistic, quite the opposite of my sister. And my father looked upon that as being not a very worthwhile thing to have a talent for and told me as such. He told me I would be useless, not be able to earn money with with that kind of talent and basically I should um, not pursue any artistic uh, or creative areas at all. And so I decided in order to please my father, I think, I, I felt like I needed to prove to him that I could be a success. Mm-hmm. I, I desperately wanted him to love me and I thought, well, okay, this is how I do it. I do as I'm told. So I didn't pursue art and I realise now that that's like removing a part of who I was, mm-hmm. which is basically what happened. Yeah. Um, now also in your childhood, you mentioned that you thought you had a normal family. How did you find out your family wasn't normal? Uh, I think... Uh, it, it was actually very upsetting. I, I went to visit another family and they were laughing. They showed joy. They interacted. They played games. It was such a happy atmosphere. And it just really floored me. I thought, this is what I want. And, and I don't have it. And I know I'm not going to get it. And I suddenly realized that this is, this is what family should be about. And I definitely don't have it. So I realized then my family was uh, not at all normal, sadly. Also... You kind of had a victim mentality in your childhood. Is that correct? Yes, yes. How did that come about? um, 
I guess because of my lack of confidence and not thinking very highly of myself, it, it was like having a, a sign on my head that said victim and it kind of almost attracted this kind of um, abuse that because I'm a victim, therefore, you know, I'll receive that. Mm. Uh, it's, kind I'm of not, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, exactly, and feeling, well, I'm, I'm a worthless person. My father keeps telling me that. I must be, um, and he punishes me, and therefore I'm a victim, and I always will be. I'm, I'm not able to to um, push through and, and be anything else. So, yeah, definitely self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah. So you're lacking confidence. Your dad's not really encouraging you in the artistic direction, so you didn't go that way. But actually mm-hmm. things got worse. Yes, I was um, assaulted not once but a number of times and I I began to think this, perhaps one assault in a lifetime would be enough for someone, but why did this keep happening to me? Why did I seem to attract this kind of behaviour from other people? And through that, God really showed me, because I'm a visual person, mm-hmm. he, he really shows me things in dreams or picture form, and I realized it was like having a sign on my head that actually said victim, and that attracted people who liked to victimize to me, and uh, I felt like I need to do something about this. I, I've got to get rid of this sign. If this is why I keep being traumatized or abused or assaulted, I'm going to take this sign off my head. And I and I kind of visually did that, and I I ripped it into pieces, even though it wasn't a real sign, mm-hmm. but just metaphorically, in, in, yeah, metaphorically, I ripped it into pieces and threw it away. And that was a huge turning point because from that day on, I never received another incident or or assault against me even my parents didn't seem to have the effect they used to have wow so you just said i'm no longer going to be a victim i mean it sounds easier said than done oh yes i i I felt like i had to make a stand though and and make a real decision Mm -hmm. uh not to be a victim and i i guess i didn't think it through all that well It, it it was definitely god that that did the doing of it, not Mm -hmm. me, but I had to make that decision and and say, you know, I am not going to be a victim. And then I guess it was up to God to fill in the rest, which he definitely did. Now, you mentioned God. What was your relationship with him at this point in your life? Um, As a child, uh, I didn't have a relationship with God. Uh, I I became a Christian uh, when I was 34. Um, My husband had... So much after these years, but yet... You felt God was playing a role back then. That's right. Well, it was interesting. Again, with my my painting, I did draw a picture when I was probably in primary school, I think, and, and it was after I'd met this beautiful family that where I saw they had such a, a, a wonderful, joyful life. That I'd, you wanted. That I wanted. And I drew a picture, and I only found it recently when we moved house. I'd completely forgotten I did it. And it was a picture of a, a child, a, a little girl, sitting on a log with her brother. And there's butterflies everywhere and birds and flowers, mm-hmm. real idyllic scene. And uh, they were reading a book together. And I looked at the book and I realized I'd written Holy Bible oh, on wow. the book. And I had no kind of upbringing in that area at all. I never went to Sunday school. And, and I looked at this um, just a few years ago and I, I thought, how did I know that this 
book they were reading had a part to play in it. I don't know where I got that idea from, but somehow I felt God must have been really watching over me back all those years ago. Mm-hmm. His eye was on me, definitely. Yeah. But unfortunately, mental illness was also a part of your story. Yes. Um, I certainly feel that I had a predisposition to mental illness. My mother was very unwell mentally, and I was diagnosed with cancer. And it was a big shock. And I think the shock is what really took hold and threw me into real depression, deep depression. Um, It often takes a trauma or a shock when you have a predisposition to push you into that area. And it did with me. So, yes, I had severe depression. Um, Again, seeing things in pictures, I had a dream that I was caught in a cobweb and that was the cancer, and in the corner was a black spider, and that was death, and I, I would die. So Very uh, visual. <clears throat> yeah. So you're mm-hmm. caught in this web. Yes, yes. And I'm if caught. that spider gets closer to you, yeah. it's all over. Yes, that's right. Because I was by then a Christian, I really reached out to God for help and, and just to get through this in whatever way I could. And uh, shortly after that, I had another dream uh, or vision, call it what you like. And uh, this time I was still caught in the web. I still had the cancer, but the spider was no longer there. So God had removed death from the equation. Mm -hmm. And I, I often feel that God doesn't always remove the situation, but he sustains us through it. And Mm -hmm. I felt very much that he was sustaining me. And I've had cancer for many years now. And uh, much to the doctor's surprise, I'm I'm still here. Hmm. And and I think that that is God's provision and grace that, um, yes, I'm still caught in the web. I still have the cancer, but uh, I no longer fear death. The spider is no longer in the room. The spider is not. Not there, no. Completely gone. (laughs) Okay, and we also heard in the introduction that you had obsessive-compulsive disorder, or OCD, and perfectionism. Yes. Yes, all all kind of under the umbrella of anxiety disorder, which I guess, again, is no surprise, considering I was always Considering your childhood, (laughs) it would make sense that anxiousness would be there. Yeah. And that it manifests itself in different ways. Yeah, well, it wasn't just simply being anxious about things. Everybody gets anxious from time to time, Mm -hmm. but this this was really destroying my life and, and... I, yeah, I tell think, us about the the worst scenario where you say, "Oh boy, I think I got a problem here." Yeah, well, I I was in my car and I parked in front of a, a garbage bin, and the garbage truck came along, and uh, he was very upset with me, so uh, he he made that known, and I thought I have to apologise to him. I, I I just had to, which is natural. I mean, yeah, you, you yeah. did something, you were in the way, and exactly. you kind of felt bad. Yeah, I, I thought, no, I got to say sorry, but it overcame me this obsession or or this um, compulsion that I had to apologize. So I chased him in my car and cut him off. Oh, wow. Which certainly surprised him. And um, I got out and I I said, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And and I started to have a panic attack. Lady came out from a house to see what the commotion was. He tried to uh, take my keys off me. Now, why was that? 
Well, I, I was just uh, having this panic attack. I was shaking. I was. Oh, he uh, could see that. He could see this that was not a mentally stable person. That's in front right. Of him. And he didn't. He was worried that uh, I was not a safe person to drive in oh, that so, state. So he was quite over being upset with you. Oh, At this point, yes. he was like, he was you very need help, concerned. Lady. Yeah, he yeah. was extremely concerned. As was the lady that had come running out. Wow, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, well, I, 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 I just calm myself down as best I could but but uh, afterwards I thought now this was not normal behavior this, this was beyond being sorry for parking in front of a bin this that I had to apologize it, it was just overwhelming through any reality like this this is I shouldn't be doing this something's wrong it. here I had to do it so it was that so that, that is what <clears throat> A compulsion is. It's yes. like it wasn't like, oh, it would be nice to apologize. You had to oh, in your mind. Had to, regardless you, of whether you had to cut him off, whatever yeah, it took. You e- were gonna even if apologize. I damaged my car doing it. Wow! I had to do it. I had to apologize, um, just just to ease that feeling of of anxiety that was just so overwhelming. It was it was almost. Uh, painful it was it was just not nothing i could do to control mm-hmm. it except to apologize i felt yeah you're listening to the story today artist jenny nichols is sharing about her battle with mental illness and how other issues in her life have kept her from expressing herself and her creativity next we'll find out how she's gained victory in this area and how she's now using her art to help others. That and more when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Eric Scatterbo chatting with artist Jenny Nichols about her battle with mental illness. Before the break, we heard how at one point she felt compelled to apologise to a garbage truck driver. She was so compelled that she actually drove in front of the truck and cut it off in traffic, just so she could apologise. Her compulsion was that strong. Now we'll find out what happened next in her life. Well, about the same time, our daughter was showing a lot of um, uh, anxiety and severe depression. She was at secondary school. Um, we were very concerned for her. But at the same time, I was spiralling out of control without really realising what all that was. Uh, I picked her up from school one day and uh, she was just in her usual manner, just saying how everybody hated her, um, life wasn't worth living. And I, I thought, look, I've got to end this for both of us. Wow. Um, so I put my foot down on the accelerator and really sped up. Uh, I didn't go ahead with what I was planning to do. I chickened out. But I really, oh, yes, I really frightened her. She was very upset. Um, when we got home, she told my husband, Rob, what I'd, tried to do and I just thought oh no <laughs> it was a combination of uh, um, things 
kind of all happening at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and this this was all about the same time. So we realised that not only did our daughter need help, but I definitely needed help. And this kind of thing you can keep well hidden from even your closest loved ones. And and Rob was absolutely um, had no idea the depth of uh, pain and and struggling that I was going through until this came out in the open so in a way it was a good thing that had to be a shock it was it was a huge shock to him uh huge shock to me too to think that what i had even considered doing but it was not rational because it was the illness speaking yeah it was and also about this time with with our daughter she uh, i overheard her speaking to her friends and overheard her say i'm scared i'm going to end up like my mother and that was just like a knife to my heart and i thought i've got to do something about this if not for my sake for hers i don't want her growing up thinking there is no hope for her i I want to overcome this thing to show to her that she can also overcome it yeah so so what did you do well she was at that stage going to a counselor we she was a bit reluctant and we thought well if we can go with her uh, as her parents and support her then that might be helpful as soon as the counselor started hearing my story uh, and maybe you need to sit down here. <laughs> yeah, I thought, okay, can we make an appointment for you two? Move over on the couch. We, we need to have somebody else here. <laughs> so, and, and I had never really thought about counselling um, or, or anything like that. Even after these incidents? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I thought I could work it through somehow. Mm. So mm. I thought, well, yeah, we'll, we'll work it out. But uh, it was soon evident that, that uh, things were, were not going to work out that easily in fact i went on medication so did our daughter which i was very reluctant to do at first because um i was attending church and people were talking about having enough faith not needing that kind of help you just need to be praying more um reading your bible more but um with something like depression you actually can't think clearly you can't focus it, mm. it's almost impossible at times so to be told to do that i again felt like a failure because i couldn't do those things so reluctantly i went on medication and so did our daughter and we were then able to receive counseling effectively because we could think mm-hmm. we, our yep. mind was clearer and i was wished i'd done it earlier and then what role did art play in all this? Well, during this time, I thought it's it's a difficult thing to explain to people, mental illness. And uh, because I looked okay on the outside, um, it, it's not something you see readily like a, a broken arm or, mm-hmm. or yeah. something like that. Uh, how do I explain this? And I thought, mm-hmm. well, I'm an artist. I, I can paint a picture of this, of these things that I feel God's showing me. Uh, the one I painted of a mask in particular has been very helpful for people. Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, in in any situation, regardless of whether you have a mental illness or not, we tend to put up a mask Mm -hmm. because we're worried if people really knew what we were like, they wouldn't like us. And and in church in particular, I found you you would walk in and people would say, well, how are you today? And people would respond, oh, I'm fine, thank you. And underneath there is uh, a lot more going on. If if we could just all give ourselves permission to remove these mm-hmm. masks and be real, I think we'd be a lot better off. Exactly. Well, so, I have that um, painting right in front of me yeah. on my laptop here. I'm seeing on the left side a rubbish bin Yes. with stuff spilling out of it and then a human head and then a mask in front of it. The mask has a smiling face, Yes. but the actual person's face is sad. 
And then, interestingly, there's a door on the top of the head and a hand reaching down and taking something out of that door, out of the head mm. and out of the mind, I suppose. Mm, yes. Well, what I am I that, seeing here? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the mask is just as I've explained. That's yep. what we present to people. Behind yep. that is the actual reality. And for mental illness, it, it's just torment going on in the head. Mm-hmm. And I've got all these wiry figures playing havoc with the mind. And I've got... Um, now, like there's a, little people inside the mind. Yeah. And then a little person is being pulled out by this big hand. Yeah. Well, the, the people represent the, the thoughts that I have no control over. So it is almost... tormenting thoughts? Yeah, tormenting thoughts, rewinding history like, you you know, you're stupid, you mount to nothing, um, hearing things in a negative light all the time. Um, All the things that are rummaging around Yeah, just all these things going round and round and round, not not helpful at all. And I've got the heads opened up and the hand of God reaching in and plucking them out. The tormenting tormenting thoughts thoughts are being plucked out. Yeah. By yep. God's hand. How That's beautiful right. is that? Yeah. Yep. So in a way, I just need to give permission. It's not up to me to remove these thoughts because, again, with mental illness, it can be next to impossible to to do that. People can say, well, just stop doing what you're doing. Just and stop just, being just, nice. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, yeah, get on with life. What do you, and, and you simply can't. So God's reaching in and he's putting those interfering things and the thoughts into the rubbish bin where they belong. Beautiful. So that that is my art kind of um, helping to explain it. Most importantly, has that happened for you? Has oh, God yes. taken away Not, some look, of the tormenting thoughts? I, I still have bad days, but now I have more good days than I have bad days, definitely. Mm-hmm. Things have improved vastly. I'm no longer afraid to be who I am and to openly tell people if I struggle with something. If, You've taken uh, off the mask. Oh, yes. And I found that people now feel they have permission to do the same with me. And in a way, it's so freeing because it takes a lot of energy to keep that mask up mm-hmm. all the time for all yeah. of us. If, if this is what we're continually doing, it just saps the energy right out of you. Whereas to be real and honest and open and find that people still love you. Well, God it's, loves you. It's just wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He doesn't exactly. want you to be having these tormenting thoughts. Yep. And thinking lowly of yourself when he created this wonderful person with these wonderful talents. Yeah. And now you're free to use your artistic talents that were seen so long ago by your teachers back in kindergarten. Yes. So now you're an artist? Yes, and and I am an artist. I love my painting now. I uh, started painting when I got cancer because it was something I was putting off doing or, or not wanting to do because of what I've been told. And uh, I thought, well, if I put it off, I might not be around one day to eventually get around to it. So mm-hmm. the cancer, in a way, was uh, a good thing to get me going mm-hmm. if it, Cancer can be a good thing, but um, yeah, so I've pursued art and particularly to help people understand. I've been invited into the women's prison with my artwork there, which has encouraged the women there. I've got one particular painting that a lady has tattooed on her arm, which yes, I'm uh, not I, sure I, I how I feel about that, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm very flattered, but I'm, I'm feeling a little bit like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I have that image in my hand right now. On the left side, it has a bird in a cage well it's actually starting to go out of the cage but then it changes as it goes across to the left side Mm, it starts off in the cage as a black and white bird Mm -hmm. a little bit like my childhood you you don't know that there is something better so your world is very black and white Mm -hmm. Um, there's no color in it 
but God wants to put that colour into your life. And it's got a second bird which is flying out of the cage and it's starting to get a little bit of colour into it as it mm-hmm. flies out. And then the third bird is in full flight, fully beautiful colours, and, and that's what God wants and that's what God had always intended. So I think uh, often that cage is can be self-made, self-inflicted mm-hmm. almost, and and even with the door open, we a, a bit like me deciding to tear off that victim's sign, mm-hmm. we need to make that decision to fly. Now, yeah. you mentioned that a lady in prison decided to tattoo this image yes. onto her body yes. so she wouldn't forget we're not advocating this in no. any way, shape, or form, but obviously it meant a lot to her. You do not do tattoos yourself, uh, no. but you said if you did... There are a few words that you would tattoo yes. in your mind, metaphorically, I yes, guess we could say. Definitely. This, this is already tattooed on my mind, I believe, um, because it's, it's something I really try and live by. They're words that I feel if I can live this, the um, devil really sought to destroy me many mm-hmm. times. Doing, to keep you in that cage yeah, in black and yeah, white. Yeah. So by kind of remembering, I'll, I'll, I'll just say the quote now. Um, So turn pain into power, adversity into advantage, and misery into ministry. And that's something I try and really live out. And by doing that, I have destroyed the enemy's plans. In fact, I hope to give other people the encouragement to do the same. For those things that had been brought against you to destroy you, you Mm -hmm. can turn that around. God allows you to use those things There are things, we live in a fallen world and and things happen to us, but we can either choose to let them keep us down or use them. Keep the victim card on your forehead. Keep that victim sign there and uh, take what comes with that or make a stand against this. And I think that's, I hope that's what I can keep doing. And I've certainly seen the fruit of it. Our daughter now, who, who once was afraid she'd be like me, now really applauds me she wow. she is she has such admiration for the stand i take and she thinks um that i'm courageous and hopefully now i can overhear her saying I you hope, are courageous hope i can one day be like my mother that's fantastic and she also has come a long way mm-hmm. and i feel like uh, yeah my, my example i hope has had in some way contributed to that and and I absolutely admire her and her courage as well. So, yeah. Fantastic. Thanks. One last time, so I can tattoo it on my mind. <laughs> Turn pain into power. Adversity into advantage. Adversity into advantage. And misery into ministry. And misery into ministry. Yep. Wow. Profound words. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. That was Jenny Nichols sharing about her battle with mental illness and other issues in her life. And it was so encouraging to hear how she is now using her artistic talents and gifts for the Lord. And also using her art to help explain what is happening to a person's mind when they are experiencing some type of mental illness or tormenting thoughts. For more information about Jenny and to have a look at her art, her website is jennynichols.com.au. That's Jenny Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-L-S dot com dot A-U. Well, thanks for joining us for Jenny's inspiring story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. 
I had really put God and confined the movement of God in my life really into a box. And so I just kind of prayed and was like, God, I know if you want me to feel your presence and hear your voice, I can. And then immediately was just completely overcome by the presence of God. The only thing I could think of was I need to find a pen and paper. I need to find a pen and paper. I found this little notebook in the van and just started writing. And I had no idea what I was writing. I was just writing. And then I would look back and read what I wrote. And it was the answer to anything I was confused about in the Bible or in the Christian faith. David Puckett grew up in a musical, Christian family, and always enjoyed playing the drums. However, his faith life gradually became more and more complacent over time. It was while he was on the road with a band that he had an encounter with God that dramatically changed his life. We'll find out his story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.